Hey, Ness. Hey, Em. So, guess what, everyone? Emily and I are synced up. Oh, yeah, we totally are. We got our periods within two hours of each other? Yeah, probably. And you know what? We decided this was not very smart of us listeners. We were like, hey, this is period day one. Let's record a podcast. (laughs) We both ignored all of the advice that Vanessa gave in our PMS episode and we're like, let's do something crazy and dynamic and that requires a lot of energy from us. But I don't even think it's going to be an issue because I'm really excited about this topic that I think it's going to really like skyrocket my energy enough that you won't even notice. Honestly, I'm looking at Emily right now and her skin is glowing. I think all of this research looking at Noom has just heated her up to a whole new level. And now she's uh, now she's just glowing. I mean, it would it's very like me to have physical sensations regarding like my emotions. Like many people know I can literally give myself a fever from anxiety. So like I basically also get the same diet culture fever where like I literally feel heated up from the inside out when I get excited about this stuff. So I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of Wellness Miss. This week we are talking about Noom. And if you don't know what Noom is, it is a diet app, basically. And we're really excited to talk about it. We've talked about doing this episode before, but we didn't know if it would be interesting to people. But you know what? If you listen to podcasts, you've heard of Noom because basically every other podcast is advertising for them. And they might sound great on the outside because especially now they've kind of changed their um, brand to be, oh, it's just a change in lifestyle. And they're kind of trying to hitch their wagon to that movement. But we know the insides of what's going on and that's not what's happening. No, it's it's that we've talked about it before. It's that really insidious nature of diet culture that's kind of masquerading itself as part of the body positive movement. And that's just completely untrue. The app is very much centered around weight loss. It's really like, you know, they'll say, yes, it's a lifestyle change, et cetera, but it's still really focused on intentional weight loss. Absolutely. Can you give us a little bit of a background on Noom? And also, can you tell us your personal experience with them? Absolutely. So, Basically, Noom, I'll kind of, if you're not familiar with this app, I'll just give you a quick rundown of what it is. So it's basically yet another iteration of a calorie counting app. It doesn't show you macronutrients. So you're not really looking at protein or carbs or fat. And instead, foods are characterized by yellow or green, yellow and red foods. And you can only imagine what that means. A green food would be like blueberries, apples, carrots, peppers, spinach, Brussels sprouts, whole grain bread, non-fat dairy, and egg whites. Those aren't like the only green foods, but you know, just so you get an idea. Yellow foods would be avocado, salmon, chicken, turkey, beans, tofu, whole eggs, tempeh. Uh, What? (laughs) 
sorry to interrupt Emily listeners, but I am like losing my mind over here because how is salmon and chicken a yellow food? Uh, tofu beans like what i mean is it just because they're higher calorie i think so just because the whole thing is centered around calories which we already know right away is a total red flag it's not about the total calories you're eating because you could be eating a quote-unquote normal or even a weight loss range of calories and you're not getting any of your nutrients so it's just kind of silly and then So that's the yellow foods. And then the red foods are olive oil, nuts and seeds, nut butters, dried fruit, beef, pork, full fat dairy, bacon, French fries, burgers, potato chips, pizza, and cake. Holy toast. Seeds. And who, yeah, seeds. And who even knows, like, right off the bat, too, you can tell this is a total myth because all pizza is not created equal. Like, all oils not created equal. All French fries. Like, every single thing can be so different. So right off the bat, you can already tell it's it's really silly to characterize and categorize foods like this. Not to mention the dangers of, like, you know, red foods are bad for you, quote unquote, and green foods are good for you, whatever. It's To me, it's, like, a it's really close to Weight Watchers in that way, which I know they've, like, transitioned more towards these, like, less overtly diety language, just like Noom. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of something that always annoys me is I feel like you'll always see people out here talking about how tacos are bad for you. And I'm always sitting there like, what? How are tacos bad for you? Yeah, that's really confusing. And also, you couldn't even say if tacos are good or I mean, not like any food really is good or bad for you. But you can't even say that because they're so different. Right. Like, are you talking about a taco from Taco Bell? Or are you talking about a taco that you made at home and, like, loaded with a bunch of veggies and such? Right. Are you talking about a corn tortilla or a wheat flour tortilla? And what are your nutrition goals? And are you allergic to corn? Maybe you can't have that. Or are you sensitive to gluten? It's just, like, it's just such a red flag with this app. Absolutely. So, and they do, even the worst part is they make it a point to say in the app, red doesn't mean bad and green doesn't mean good. Okay, but then what else does it mean when you're supposed to have less red foods and more green foods than the other? Well, and I think that even deeper down than that, like if we got into psychology, even if you're reading that red isn't bad and green doesn't necessarily mean good, we are programmed as human beings in our culture to believe that green means good and red means bad. So you're not really going to erase that. Right, for sure. And why are we even setting ourselves up for that potential trigger? Important note, too, is this is really not appropriate for people with eating disorders or disordered eating or people who are at risk of eating disorders. And I mean, guess what? You don't really know if you're at risk or not until you start engaging this behavior and then you don't know if you're going to be one of the people who starts to develop this kind of like obsession with it because it's it takes a lot of work to track your calories and count all your foods and all that yeah Um, that that's absolutely insane to me that the just alone the you know red light green light yellow light on foods it no matter what foods were in those categories, even though the foods that are in those categories don't even make sense to me. Like you said, it must just be a calorie thing alone. Mm -hmm. But 
it's just so bad so bad yeah the and we know that calorie counting is shown to lead to disordered eating and not to mention too that this comes up in so many of my sessions with clients where like you don't realize it's it's not just that you're calorie counting and that's where it stops right it affects your life in so many ways you might not be able to go out to eat and eat freely with a friend you might be really irritable because you are not allowed to eat according to your app but you're really hungry so then you're going to be irritable and then your partner is going to be like why are you so irritable you know it's like mm-hmm. these really sneaky ways that this affects us that go way beyond just counting calories or not counting calories there's all these sort of little pieces that we kind of ignore and just say, oh, well, I lost weight, so it's cool. Right. And it's so funny, too, when you look at their marketing compared to, you know, what they're actually doing is I've heard their advertisements on podcasts and it's like, Noom, we're just a lifestyle change. We're not your average dieting app kind of thing. And that's not what it sounds like to me at all. Um, sounds like they are your average dieting app and maybe even more insidious than some others. Yeah. It's like, on one hand, I almost wish that these kind of apps would just say it what it is. Like just, you know, say what you are, which is a diet app. And there's another piece that is kind of more unique to Noom when you compare it to like MyFitnessPal or something like that. And it's the coaching aspect. So at a higher price point, you're offered a coach. So there's a lot of things that I could say about this, right? The fact that it's really, you're only given the context of what Noom is telling you via a support person if you have the financial means to do so. So right off the bat, that kind of makes me feel weird. The fact is that the coach that you receive, the requirements to be a coach for Noom, right? And this person is kind of like more of a motivational Uh, cheerleader for you. It might be somebody that, you know, they can give out like very small bits of information like nutrition wise, but really the only requirements they're supposed to have is that they must obtain a bachelor's degree in a related field of study. This is like really anything at all that pertains to health or wellness or science, or you can even just have an associate's degree plus 2000 hours of related wellness experience and personal coaching or you know, personal training, sports medicine, all of that counts as experience. And at the bottom, it's kind of funny because they really, they list background in psychology or nutrition is a plus. When, what else are they really there for to just say that? And then the fact is, regardless, even if, you know, they're meant to just be this motivator, I can guarantee you these people are seeking nutrition advice from them. Well, I think the sticky part of that too is, like you said, even if they're supposed to be just this motivator, they're not necessarily giving specific nutrition tips. They're not saying like supplement this, increase your vitamin C, whatever it might be, a more specific nutrition recommendation. This person's looking for support. And if you're logging foods, for example, and you have red foods, green foods, yellow foods, I mean, I'm assuming these coaches are responding to that. And mm-hmm. how, what is their response is what I'd like to know. You know, what are they saying when someone says, oh my goodness, I have all of these red foods and I feel really horrible about it. If you don't have proper training in how to respond to something like that, your response could really send someone into a tailspin. 
Yeah. And even as dietitians, like we take, you know, very basic psychology and kind of we learn about coaching and talking to people and everything. But it's a reason why I did my intuitive eating counselor certification, because I felt like, you know, that piece was lacking. And since that's where I wanted to specialize in, you know, I felt like I didn't have those skills. So even as dietitians, we're not receiving this information just built into our education. You have to kind of seek it afterwards if you're looking to specialize there. And what's really crazy is when I finished my dietetic internship, I was looking for a remote job and I actually applied with Noom. And this is like years and years ago, kind of before I had fully gone down the intuitive eating path and through health at every size. It was like kind of before my awakening with that. But even then, I didn't really know what they were about. I thought it was just like health coaching. And Mm -hmm. I had seen a couple other dietitians do this because it was a really easy way to kind of like work part time. And, you know, I teach yoga too. So I was like, oh, maybe this will be the perfect like little fit for me. And I remember getting past a couple stages of the interview, like really simple, like it was like video sent in a video and just really straightforward things. And then you had to do a simulated conversation with a client. So like they pretended to be somebody using the app and this person, this like fake person basically was having a crisis. They were like, I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. These are literal things that this like fake interview person said to me. And they're like, you know, all I don't like salads. All I want to eat are brownies. And my husband thinks I'm fat. Everybody in the office is making fun of me. Like, but there's so many donuts around. Like, how do I stop eating them? And that is just those concerns. And if someone's saying things along those lines, that's they're needing an anti-diet dietitian and a therapist that is aligned with health at every size and, you know, is trained in body acceptance and body neutrality. That's not something that is even remotely in the scope of a personal coach that has an associate's degree with 2000 hours of hanging out in the gym, you know, bullshitting with personal training clients. That's, that's not somebody who is prepared to handle that. Um, Yeah. And even beyond that too, I think of, so if that's, obviously this is a fake person, right? So that kind of lends to me that what is Noom, like this is how they think regular clients are. Like if you're overweight, you like have no control and you hate salads and you only like brownies and donuts. I mean, right. that's the where my brain goes is like, is that how they think of people? Yeah, um, so stigmatizing. Because, yeah, most people who want to lose weight eat really healthy diets and they can't lose weight doing that. And that's why they turn to extra support. Right. And most people, you know, that are trying to lose weight have tried everything, right? And it continues to fail. And so it's like they're just sending them, selling them another bill of goods like, oh, do this and this and this. We promise this will be the time it works. And a really interesting fact. So there, there is no long-term data on Noom, right? And if you are curious about long-term data of intentional weight loss, go back, listen to our BMI episode. You'll learn everything and be shocked every two minutes. It, it's groundbreaking information, but Noom uses this statistic that 78% of Noom users sustain their weight loss over nine months. 
among 35,900 participants. Okay, but once again, this is a 2016 study, right? Well, why didn't they continue it on to a year? Why didn't we continue this study into five years, right? Because uh -huh. six months, six, nine months, it's like, okay, who knows? Some people, you know, sustain it, whatever. But even in that nine month period, which is a very short amount of time, and you look at a whole lifespan, you know, that over 20% of people had already gained back what they lost, okay? And, you know, this um, nearly 80% of people that were able to sustain it for nine months, okay, I'm not that impressed. Talk to me another year from now or five years from now when the research says that, you know, over 90% of people will gain it all back plus some. And they don't right. want to lose customers, right? These apps are built to like where you keep coming back to it, coming back to it. People are on and off Weight Watchers their whole lives. And that's how they're built. Right. And honestly, when you take a deeper look into Noom, how is it any different than Weight Watchers, really? I mean, Weight no. Watchers is points. This is like a, a stoplight, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's same thing, different model. I mean, is Noom just Weight Watchers light? <laughs> yeah, Weight Watchers with a mask on. Weight Watchers right. with like Weight Watchers with like a wig and a mask and like some glasses, like yeah. <laughs> a little bit of lipstick on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, this is like that visual is killing me. It's like a sexy weight weight watchers. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like weight watchers and high heels and they're a millennial. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz like and this is something we've talked about before. We've discussed doing an episode on weight watchers in the past and Emily talked about it and I was like, "No, no, no. Like weight watchers is for people that aren't necessarily in our podcast demographic i'm sorry if you're listening um and you're sorry, like mom. <laughs> over yeah you're over 60 but most of our demographic is a little bit younger than that so i guess i think of weight watchers as like our parents generation their weight loss tool and noom is like ours Actually, I've been proved wrong by that recently. I was just telling Emily the other day, I heard like two people of two people in a couple days that were on Weight Watchers that were our age. So I guess Weight Watchers is for everyone again. And now they were advertising <laughs> cool. the kids too. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're going to make a comeback. Yeah, they're going to have like one for newborn babies. We're going to like oh my kind of... We'll make sure you might have to like measure your breast milk out to make sure that like they're not eating too much. Like that's that's kind of what I foresee next for Weight Watchers. <laughs> yeah, really um, though. So something that's really interesting. And so we know how we feel about this, right? It's like not confusing what our thoughts are about Noom and what diet apps, you know, the dangers of them and all this stuff. But I thought it would be kind of interesting before we did this episode. I was just kind of poking around their website and you're, you can use their website and kind of fill out this little questionnaire. And so I went through it and I was just curious, like, what would they ask? Whatever. And so right away they ask, what is your goal? And you can either answer lose weight for good, which they, they have no doubt of support for good forever. Get fit for good. What does that mean? Or both. So already it's like completely ambiguous, very confusing, whatever. You have to put in your height and weight after you answer that question. And then if you put in a weight that is classified as underweight by your BMI, by the BMI scale, they will not allow you to put in that number as a goal weight. 
So I was like, okay, that's good. I guess that they're, you know, telling people no, like that's not a body size that is attainable or right for you. But at the same time, they're acting as though this other body size that could be like 200 pounds lighter than you are now is attainable for you, which is also really silly. Mm -hmm. So it's like appreciate the, you know, kind of disclaimer with that there. But I mean, that's really just to cover their own ass at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there might be, I, I mean, you know, you think of your own height and weight and knowing what your build is. And on someone, you know, a certain weight might be completely normal for them. And for you, you might be like completely emaciated at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like we already know BMI is stupid. So like that doesn't even really have any that doesn't have that much of a value either. Right. So then the next question after you give them this like very limited information about yourself is, do you have an important event coming up? And it's vacation, wedding, holiday, summer, a class reunion or a birthday. And basically I was like, why are they asking this question? This is so weird. But basically what you answer, so say you answer, let's do summer. I think it's like maybe the stupidest one. And um, then they'll say, okay, how many days till summer? And then you say, okay, there's like, you know, 60 days till summer or whatever. And then they'll say, okay, we can help you lose X amount of pounds by this date. So it's like already right off the bat, they're saying you should change your body if you have a vacation, wedding, holiday, summer reunion or birthday coming up. That's like what the baseline thing is like, OK, you want to change your body for a specific event. Mm -hmm. And they're really encouraging that. And I think what that's they're doing that because it's predatory and it's easy because people do tend to seek out things like Noom or whatever because they want to lose weight for a specific event not like I want to lose weight so I have more energy or I right. want to lose weight so I can go for a 10 mile run or I can play with my grandchildren or whatever it might be. Right. And once again, like they can still do all those health promoting behaviors that will enable them to do that and might not even lose weight. So it's like it, it, they're just really connecting this. It's just funny. Like it's a lifestyle app, but they're going to put you on a certain diet that's going to make you lose a certain amount of weight by this one day. Like that doesn't seem like a lifestyle at all to me. No. Um, I mean, so just thinking, another red flag. I just hope that if anyone is listening and has done Noom, I just really hope that you can unprogram yourself from that green, yellow and red foods because I just, that's so damaging. Even if you're not someone who's prone to an eating disorder, you don't have an eating disorder. I just think that's so psychologically damaging to be thinking of foods in that manner and to be looking at olive oil and you're seeing red, that you're associating it with something bad. Right. When in reality, maybe you have a health condition where olive oil is like top recommended for you. And or that would olive be oil choice. is great. I mean, for, right, for everyone, you know? Yep. Yep. So they're already kind of, you know, starting this whole like weight loss culture thing by a certain date, which once again is even more diety and less lifestyle-y. And then this is just one of like the really like silly questions that they asked. It was, as a woman in your 20s, the specific combo of foods you eat can have a huge impact on your ability to burn fat. Which of the following best describes your typical lunch? I tend to eat sandwiches and or wraps. 
or I tend to eat soups and salads or other. So already I'm like, what? Like, why do people have to eat soups, salads, sandwiches, or wraps? Like, what? Like, how right. bizarre is this? And also, like, how whitewashed, right? There's, like, right. no kind of, like, ethnic food available. And that's what a lot of diet culture is, right? We've, like, mm-hmm. taken and, like, colonized our culture with eating. Um, right. That's a whole other conversation, but... <laughs> Honestly, you know, we, we need to have someone on um, to talk about that. On Instagram, definitely follow the Black Nutritionist. She talks a ton about decolonizing your plate and whitewashed foods. I think with her content, too, a lot of white people get offended, which she's like, I don't care. I'm not saying that your food is bad, but you're saying mine is. So, and they're saying, and you know, like we've kind of vilified certain cultural foods from other non white cultures, and that's just like beyond wrong and beyond diet culture y. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her, her Instagram is black.nutritionist. So, definitely okay. go follow her if you want some more info on that. And if you're a white person, you might watch it and feel a little bit uncomfortable and definitely just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's what it's all about. For sure. Um, Okay, wait, there's one other thing I wanted to say about me. But yeah, that's the thing, too. I'm curious. You know, they said they gave the sandwich option and then the soup and salad. And I don't even know how you're differentiating (laughs) between those. I mean, you could have a very nutritionally deplete salad and have a sandwich that's just packed with nutrients or the other way around. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's weird, too, that they're like you eat sandwiches and wraps or soups and salads. What if I eat sandwiches and salads? Like, how do I eat sandwiches and soup? Yeah, right. I need something to dip my sandwich in. Exactly. Grilled cheese situation. Right. Yeah, it's just it's so confusing because it's just so asinine and so unhelpful on so many levels and I just love that these are like the few questions they ask and then basically these questionnaires end by saying enter your email to see how much weight you can lose by the summer and for good not researched with new so it's like they're automatically like putting this end date on it which I mean that's more honest with them because by putting this like oh yeah you can lose it by the summer sure if they just said that I'd be like yeah maybe but also the problem with that is And then you're going to gain more back. You're going to gain more than what you started with. Not that that's always a problematic thing, but we give it a new set point. We, our basal metabolic rate can be changed by restriction like this. So ultimately it's doing the opposite of what people believe it's doing in the long term. And then beyond that too is, you know, they're giving this date, which I guess (laughs) if we're thinking of smart goals, you have to be time specific, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I also wonder, like, if you put in, I want to lose 50 pounds in 60 days, are they just going to be like, okay, that's great? Or do they have a cutoff of, like, that you can't do that? They say one to two pounds a week, which is kind of like what we learned in undergrad, saying that, like, that's, like, an okay, reasonable amount to lose. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, once again, like, we know that that just results in weight gain that comes back. So is it really? Because it still doesn't make sense when you look at the research. You cannot make it make sense. Right. You just can't. 
Yeah. So ultimately, we always like to kind of leave with those little actionable items or what can you do to kind of like combat Noom and diet apps in your life. And, you know, the number one tip is to not use them. But, you know, if, if you're currently in a dieting app, if you're currently calorie counting or, you know, maybe you're a Noom customer, really thinking about what you want to do with your health and then working with a professional one-on-one that really gets to know you and knows the whole picture and can provide you with a lot better, more targeted information for your personal goals would be a lot more helpful. And I think too, it's important to mention that if you are currently doing Noom or if you've done Noom in the past, we're not here to shame you about it. If you know someone who's doing Noom, don't shame them about it. We shouldn't we sometimes get into this place where we get a little shamey about things. We just want you to know that these companies have great marketing. And so you don't have to feel bad that you fell into that trap because they have, they pay people a lot of money to lure you into that trap. It, it is genuinely built for you to fall right into it. Literally. So Please do not feel any shame if you currently are doing Noom, have done Noom. We just want you to know the facts and that we don't want you to waste money on something that isn't going to be good for your health. It might actually end up being really bad for your health. I mean, I have a really hard time thinking that this doesn't cause more stress. I mean... I don't know. (laughs) Another there. And the reason why, too, that this kind of got reignited for me is that I've been seeing their ads constantly on Facebook recently where they equate food to exercise like, oh, two scoops of ice cream is a two mile run or whatever. And that's really, really problematic. And the research really does show that that kind of messaging really messes with people's relationship with food and exercise. And so they're doing that because they know that's what sells and that's what gets them customers, but it's really, really not appropriate. No, not at all. So basically we're fired up about Noom. If you have any personal Noom stories that you want to share with us, please tell us all about them. And if you've done Noom and you feel as though it really helped you and changed your life for the better, then I kind of want to hear about that too. And I really... I think a lot of the times when people report these positive aspects with diets, I always think, okay, could we have accomplished that in a different way that maybe had a potential for less harm, right? And and okay, if you lost 30 pounds and that was your goal, okay, but what else did you gain? You know, this, do you now have a more complex relationship with food? Do we experience shame with eating? All these different things. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And so I would be curious to kind of dig a little deeper into that. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. We'll see you next Wednesday.